Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Berg's Eye View podcast recording. Today, we're going to be discussing the Mercersburg Intensive that's coming up starting next week and into December of this year. My name is Dr. Julie Maurer, and I'm joined here by several colleagues. Um, and if I could ask them to each introduce themselves. I'm John David Bennett, Dean of Curricular Innovation. And I'm doing a, an intensive, or leading an intensive about podcasting. I am Will Willis. I'm Director of Environmental Initiatives and teach Advanced Studies in Environmental Science here. And along with uh, Ellie DeLeon, we will be doing an intensive entitled Environmental Justice is Social Justice. My name is Kristen Pixler. I am uh, art faculty and I also teach ComArts, which is a springboard course. Um, I will be teaching uh, art and activism in the digital era. Thank you so much. Um, so we're here today to talk a little bit about the Mercersburg Intensive and it became uh, apparent as we were working on our new schedule that we we're not going to bring the students back in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And it really forced us to think differently about that time. And uh, as we were looking at our terms and shortening the, the fall term, um, we thought about that time in between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And this idea of a one credit intensive started to roll around in a lot of our brains in the school life team and became kind of a, uh, we talked about it with the academic team, became a really compelling and interesting topic. And uh, so we decided to ask our faculty and staff to think about a Mercersburg intensive uh, that will be a pass-fail class uh, that was really designed around our school theme this year of Make a Difference. And out of that, um, out of that conversation came over 50 new classes um, for the Mercersburg intensive, all, all developed just for this year. Um, John David, in the, the handbook for the teachers that you wrote for the Mercersburg intensive, you describe uh, the Mercersburg Intensive as an opportunity to wipe away the periphery and become absorbed in a joyful, inspiring, satisfying sojourn into learning and discovery. Can you elaborate on that and what you feel should be the goal of the intensive for our faculty and students? Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, learning, in fact, some of the deepest learning doesn't happen in traditional schooling. And research bears that out. Uh, recently, in what has become a seminal work of recent educational research, uh, John Mehta from the Harvard Graduate School of Education and Sarah Fine from High Tech High in San Diego, they discovered that deep learning, although found in, co in core courses, is more consistently common in extracurricular activities and, and electives. And there are several reasons for this. But one is the ability to wipe away the periphery, you know, like you said in the quote, and uh, work with focused purpose on something that taps your curiosity. And that's what the intensives are for, to take a few balls out of the air, to dig in, dive in, fully immerse, whatever metaphor you please. Um, an intensive takes away the distractions and lets you engage in some serious play. And where there's play, there's usually learning. And so I guess that's the goal. Um, create experiences where kids can learn about something that taps their curiosity to create a three and a half week sort of rabbit hole. Thank you. Uh, for each of you, I'd, I'd love to explore the idea of how your intensive came about and if the Make a Difference theme had any influence on the topic that you chose. Uh, Kristen, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, 
So my intensive art and activism in the digital era really, um, I think with the work, especially in photography that has been done in the past, there's a long history that is related to social justice. Um, certainly, uh, even in the turn of the century, in, uh, 19th to 20th century, there was a large push um, for artists from all over the world who are speaking, using their art to inform the public and make statements. Um, and, and in some cases, at great risk to their own lives doing so. Um, and uh, when, you know, so much has happened in our world in the past year, six months, three months, um, but what really struck me um, during this time was watching the active art and activism that was happening around the Black Lives Movement, specifically in Richmond, Virginia, which is where I spent a long time and, and seeing the, you know, what was the equivalent of the uh, Berlin Wall coming down with our, the statues that are on Monument Avenue and the performative art that happened, um, the sculptural art. And, and there's a lot of discussion in the art world now of how we can represent um, the, the large community as, um, and, and society as society is changing so quickly and as topics are changing so quickly. So it's, it's, it's a really provocative time in art and, and um, I'm really looking forward to the research and the work that the students will be doing in the, in the month to come. And do you anticipate that most students will be creating art or researching or doing a combination of both? My vision was that we would be doing a combination of both. Um, this, my vision may not um, come to fruition necessarily. I, I am interested to see um, when I, this struck me just recently um, when I was looking at my roster and I have students from Korea, China and Russia and they're going to be at home. So I think there's a certain element of, you know, what is, you know, what is going to be um, a positive environment for the students to be working with safely when they're doing this work at home where every country has, you know, a different response to um, activism. So we're going to be uh, kind of treading lightly to see what we can do and how, but yes, I'm, I'm hoping that it is going to be 50% research or less and then 50% uh, work, you know, it, you know, I experiential art, you know, playing with your ideas, playing with these concepts, but making sure that they're informed. Thanks. And Will, how about, how about you, uh, the intensive that you and Ellie are going to run? Um, how did that idea come about? And did our Make a Difference theme influence uh, the two of you at all? I won't say that the Make a Difference theme of the year made a difference, although that instantly I wanted something that would make a difference. I think that this course size lends itself to it. So in fact, I, I really thought of this idea almost instantly because it really marries two fields that I've enjoyed working at in here at Mercersburg over the years, social justice and environmental science, uh, and because it's more relevant than ever today. This is something I've been thinking about a lot. 
Um, if you look back in time, you know, for over a decade, Mercersburg Academy was part of the International Student Leadership Symposium, which focused on social justice and international understanding and education, and notably emphasizing actually doing something to make a difference. That was really the point of it. And some of the, some of the activities are great at spelling out various social justice themes. But also in teaching advanced environmental science, I touch upon so many of the ways in which various proportions of society in the United States and abroad are adversely affected by poor environmental conditions of many, many varieties, but I never had quite enough time to touch on it more than superficially. So in the back of my mind, these, these came together really, really well. And certainly COVID-19 um, and to a degree, Black Lives Matter as well, both directly and indirectly brought a greater and increased awareness to many of these factors to the fore in the news. So, uh, you know, Ms. DeLeon and I teamed up to do the class together and we're just wondering now what, what the students are gonna do to make a difference. Thanks. And John David, uh, I know you've had a, a love for, for podcasts as long as I've known you. So um, what, is, what is your idea for the podcasting and where do you think that will, will take you and, and how does our theme for the school year fit into it? Yeah, um, yeah I'm here with friends and so I know that you can't talk to me for five minutes without me saying, you know, I heard in a podcast um, I, uh, yeah, I, I adore podcasts and I discovered them, I guess, you know, a decade ago and, and, uh, you know, they really made a difference in my life. Um, in fact, I would say that, uh, um, I probably wouldn't be sitting in the position that I am, you know, thinking about curricular innovation, except for the information that I was able to glean from podcasts. Uh, some of you out there, I'm sure have heard me tell the, the goose farmer story I got that from a podcast. Uh, and also we can play with the make a difference theme and the students can go in whatever direction they wish to go. Um, and I'm, I, I'm, again, I'm really hoping to tap into curiosity. Uh, I wanna, you know, I want to create an opportunity for them to, um, to engage in their interests. And uh, yeah, so despite the fact that we're focusing on this, on this one way of delivering information, they can deliver whatever information they want under the umbrella of the theme. And I'd love to, just continuing on that, explore kind of how, how Mercersburg has prepared the fac helped prepare the faculty and staff that are gonna be teaching uh, the intensives with some of the training that happened over the summer after we made the decision to, to launch this initiative with the intensive. And I wonder if, since you were so um, really the, the mastermind behind putting that together, uh, talk a little bit about what you know what we've done in in order to get ready for this i guess formally uh the faculty worked with katie martin from altitude learning for a week in august uh, she offered new perspectives for us different mindsets and she gave us the time to take her advice but also to work closely with colleagues to design our intensives in fact uh, will and i spent two full afternoons during during uh during that training talking about our ideas including at long walks this summer in the evenings uh, bouncing back and forth uh, um, playing with different, different ways that perhaps we could make these, uh, these intensives work. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, we also produced a, a handbook to help guide the design process, which I think many members of the faculty used. And uh, we've offered drop-in planning sessions for teachers. And we, they were for teachers, but they, are, but they were led by teachers who were comfortable, who are well-versed with this sort of learning. Um, so yeah, we've been able to leverage some of the in-house talent to help our colleagues prepare. And Kristen, um, 
you know, just circling back to after having all of that training, what, what you've been doing to prepare for the intensive and what are you most looking forward to? I'm actually most looking forward to, you know, hearing the different perspectives of students that are, it's a very diverse group. So I'm interested to see where their research, their art takes them. I'm, I'm always interested to see, you know, what creative space they end up in and where that kind of path will take them. Um, and certainly for me, as far as my um, preparation for this course has actually been a lot of research, a lot of reading, a lot of looking at um, some art, listening to some podcasts, um, there's been some great bits on NPR um, about art and activism. Um, it, again, it's a big movement right now, but I, I not only want to, you know, I, I want to be grounded in the history of it too. Um, so I, I think with that, being able to understand, you know, what was done in the past and how that's being reflected forward. Um, so for me, it's actually been a lot of research and, and it's soon, I, I have a couple pieces that I'm working on too. So I always believe in the more I can do along with my students um, and experience it with them. And I'm really looking forward to that. I'm planning on using their lab time, their studio time for myself too, so we can critique together. Yeah, do it together, right, with them. Um, and Will, it sounds like you and John David had spent a lot of time thinking and talking about this, as John David alluded to. Um, what have you been doing in terms of getting preparing for the intensive, and uh, what are you most looking forward to? So, you know, on one level, I feel like I've been preparing for this course since before I knew it was an option. Um, at the risk of sounding nerdy, I'm just drawn to scientific and regular media articles about this very topic. Uh, and so I've been accruing these, and I use them in class as well. But one of the nice things, um, and it's something I've had to prepare, is I'm used to teaching about so many of these different concepts as individual concepts. And of course, they're, they're tied together, but this has really forced me to step back and take a look at some of these individual factors as a collective, both for the intellectual pursuit of it, but also just the mind-blowing effect of how all the different environmental justice factors can come together in the very worst of ways. Um, I will also say that uh, inadvertently, I've gotten a wonderful uh, crash course in preparing for this by teaching an open topic springboard this fall, because this is largely student-driven work um, of many different themes. And, and part of the thrill of that is seeing people get excited about something, as well as seeing what sort of direction they'll pursue. And, and I guess in a way to that end as well, I'll say that the preparation sometimes feels a little relative now, because we don't know... No, no directions direction students will take, take the project in, right? So, um, you know, Miss De Leon, I have ideas about what some amazing projects could be, but we will kind of hold those on the inside and try to cage them in uh, as we try to shepherd the students and see what they pick. And that is the exciting part to me because I have no idea where they're going to take this. Uh, and we're going to try to steer as best as we can as we hang on for the ride. So, um, I I've heard that there might be some special guests visiting the various intensive courses. Um, I, I've heard that there's some, some pretty exciting things on the horizon. I don't know, would anyone care to share some of those plans that either you might personally be preparing or other teachers that we know of um, in the intensives? I know John David and I have had a conversation about this very topic. 
Yeah, Suzanne Taylor, who was going to join us today, but she has a, another commitment. Um, she is leading the intensive called Recognizing Conspiracy Theories and Stopping the Spread of Misinformation. And so she reached out to Kaylin O'Connor, the, the writer of the Misinformation Age, who was gonna spend a half hour to an hour working with her kids. And uh, Mike Sweeney, uh, his, um, his intensive is called Walkability, Understanding the Des and Designing Walkable Cities. And he actually has Jeff Speck, who is probably the nation's leading advocate for the design of walkable cities. And the author of Walkable City uh, is going to uh, work with his kids for about an hour. And I am over the moon thrilled that one of my podcasting heroes, Avery Truffleman, uh, last, last Thursday uh, responded to an email that I sent to her. And she's, she will, on the morning of the 19th, work with the kids for half an hour to an hour. She's the she's formerly of the podcast 99% Invisible and she's producer of this amazing podcast series called Articles of Interest that won like every award that was available. Um, so yeah, we have, uh, and, I, and I know some other teachers are also reaching out to, uh, to, um, to other experts. Uh, I, I, was, I was talking to, uh, to uh, Reverend Whitmore yesterday and he's hoping that um, be able to secure an expert from the Smithsonian who um, oversees uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, the civil rights collection at the African American History Museum. So actually hoping that they'll be able to see some of uh, MLK's actual artifacts. Very cool. It, it, and these, um, I will say the virtual platform allows for those kinds of visits um, so, so easily, which is really nice. Yeah, that's what's been huge about this is, is, is using that tool and maybe a tool we wouldn't have considered using before last March. Um, you know, if uh, I would have been trying to get Avery Truffleman to come to Mercersburg, but you know, this isn't uh, the same as having her on campus, but it's pretty close. It'll be great. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, John David, you've, you've spent a lot of time researching other schools. It's a, it's a huge part of what you do in your, in your job and from your point of view, what makes the Mercersburg Intensive as a concept unique? Well, <laughs> the sheer number of them, there are 52 offerings. Uh, there are lots of schools out there that offer intensives. I haven't seen any that offer 52. Uh, th th there may be, but, uh, yeah, but I haven't seen them. The number tends to be around 30, 35. So that's, that's remarkable. But I think we've also been wise enough to look at those that have gone before us, you know, to look at the at the schools that have the intensives that are the sort of the gold standard and, uh, and emulate a lot of what they're doing. But you know, one thing that I think that I've learned in conversations with, uh, with uh, administrators at, at, at schools that already have intensives is that with all the training that we've done and that was absolutely necessary, that really the way to do this is just to go through it um, and to, you know, to have the faculty have the experience of, of teaching and learning and this uh, sort of alternative way, which, uh, which is, a, is, is a, actually a little bit of unschooling. We're sort of tearing down a lot of the, uh, you know, the classic structures of schooling, but I don't think there'll be any less learning, and in some cases, maybe even a little bit more. So as we get, we're, we're getting kind of close to the end of our time, I, I wanna ask each of you if there's, uh, what's one thing that you want our students and parents to know as we get ready to head into the intensive next week? Uh, start with Will. Uh, for me, I, 
I'm going to say there are two things um, I want to consider if that's okay. And the first yeah. is that, you know, a course is long enough to dive pretty deeply into the subject material, but it's also short enough that we may need to consider how big to dream, depending on the student's dreams. Um, what's clear to me, though, is that the course is going to be every bit as awesome as the students make it, right? If they were to come in unexcited, it would fall short of its potential. But if they come in with some excitement and a modicum of alacrity, I suspect they're gonna come away surprisingly more aware and really proud of themselves as well. So that's the first thing is just bringing, bringing great energy. The second is that uh, just as a consideration, when I look at my roster of students, I've got 12, right? They span multiple countries and from ninth grade all the way up through postgraduate students. And my initial reaction, that was a little bit of hesitation, wondering what are the, what a group dynamics gonna be like? And then I suddenly had this like wonderful epiphany that one of the things um, from COVID-19 I really miss about when school runs regularly are these family style meals where we have a table with ninth graders up through PGs, all different countries. And what I love about it is, is all the different perspectives and meeting new people. And I'm excited for that aspect of this too, because the only prerequisite for this course is going to be to come in with an open mind and some good energy. And so I think it's going to be a wonderful opportunity to explore some all those different viewpoints and styles that come from that diversity. So I'm, I'm thrilled about it and I hope they will feel the same way. Uh, Kristen, how about you? What, what is one thing that you'd like your students and, and our parents to know about this, uh, about the intensive as we get ready to jump headlong into it? I think Will stated so many important parts. He said that beautifully. So I, I do think, you know, uh, sometimes challenge-based learning, which is what we're going to dive into, is going is a is messy and um, it does require um, dedication and uh, focus and and true academic curiosity. And um, so I'm hoping that they'll all bring that, but making sure that they also bring a bit of patience for themselves, um, because it, you know, this type of this type of work has a natural evolution that's unique for each student. And um, it, it is not so clear cut. It's not as linear as regular uh, education. And so being prepared for that travel, that, that kind of organic path that it's going to take requires some patience and, um, and but some grit to get through it. So I'm hoping that, um, they'll have a you know a wonderful journey and and find something really bright and wonderful at the end and john david what about you yeah this makes me think of a conversation that i had with a colleague at the beginning of the school year who uh decided to teach his courses completely project-based and uh a couple of weeks into the class his first class, he, uh, he sent me sort of a panicked email. And uh, I called him immediately. He said, okay, I think I'm okay. I, I think I'm okay, but I have a question for you. He said, do you ever have that feeling when doing this sort of teaching where you're not doing every much, very much and the kids are doing all the work? And I said, yes, that means everything's going as planned. Uh, and that's, that's, what, uh, that's what I'm most excited about is giving the kids agency. Uh, full autonomy over the work that they're doing and the sort of fulfillment that, uh, that that brings. Yes, there can be fulfillment and doing well in a test or doing well in a quiz and uh, doing all the preparation and 
taking all that information in and being able to process it and then, and then return it. But uh, actually creating information, creating new knowledge, you know, I'm experiencing that right now in parallel histories, forgive me, Mercersburg history, we changed the name of the, of the, of, of the course. You know, just, just before I came here, I was working with two students who are gonna tell the story of two Mercersburg Academy graduates who are Medal of Honor winners, and they're gonna be giving the school a gift with this new knowledge. And I'm assuming that that's what we're gonna see coming out of the intensives as well. And almost all of it I'm imagining will be student generated. Sounds wonderful. And uh, all of that, um, your, your perspectives and your, your wisdom to bring energy and an open mind of, appreciate all the differences uh, that we're going to experience. I, I love that you equated it to a family style meal. I hadn't thought about it in that way, but this is like our, our own small version of a family style meal that we've all been missing so much. Right. And um, Kristen having curiosity and patience and grit as you travel the journey. Right. And, um, and John David, just the, uh, the idea that this is all going to be student you know, driven and generated. And I know that we're, we're working on ways where we can showcase uh, some of the student work from the intensives in January. And uh, we're looking forward to putting that together for everybody out there. I just wanna thank everyone for, for being here. Uh, Will and Kristen and John David for taking the time to do the podcast and talk a little bit about the intensive and your preparation uh, for it. And this is Dr. Julie Maurer <laughs> signing off from um, from the uh, from the podcast. Thanks so much.